welcome to another week of embarking on a beautiful journey of experiencing his nearness as we prepare our heart mind and spirit to receive fresh manna this day let our lives be filled with the truth of god's word and may the lord bless you to live your life in its fullness in this month we've been studying on fruitfulness how many of you believe that uh, fruitfulness is essential in our life all of you believe that yes. what do you understand by fruitfulness what is your understanding of fruitfulness if i have to ask you to multiply to be reproductive to bring results to bring results and bring good results to expand to have expansion to not be limited in our horizontal or vertical uh, boundaries that we continue to expand what else talk to me church growth yes growth or increase is part of fruitfulness what else to produce the fruit of the spirit because everything has to flow from the inside out there's no point in us producing fruit outside if there is no fruit inside you know the fruit of the spirit is more valuable than the fruits that we see outside everything we see outside has to be a overflow of the fruit that we have inside amen what else the fruit it helps us to sustain in that promised land amen what else do you see how do you define fruitfulness how do you see fruitfulness to healthy to be uh, to be abiding in god to be abiding in christ now we read that last sunday amen what else to obey his first instruction you know the first instruction in scripture was when god said go and multiply and be fruitful the last the last commandment jesus gave before he left the earth was that you go and bear fruit go and multiply go and preach the gospel make disciples multiply amen what else pruning is very essential to produce fruit if you don't prune if you are not submitting to the pruning then the fruit fruit will become stagnant if we need fresh fruit in every season we need to submit ourselves to pruning uh, to a pruning process amen let's turn to the book of isaiah chapter 32 and verse 9 I'll begin with a few scriptures that that explain to us what would stop our fruitfulness. The prophet he is speaking, he says, "Listen, you women who lie around in ease. Listen to me, you who are so smug. Do you know what smug means? It's very pride, proud and arrogant and, you know, very self-sufficient, you know, so to speak. Uh you know somebody who doesn't need somebody else you know you always have that attitude that says hey i know better or i am better and so god is speaking to a generation of people one is a group of people who are proud another is a group of people who are at ease who are relaxing who are not vigilant who are not on high alert who are not careful of how they lead their life god is speaking to these two groups of people and saying listen you women who lie around in ease listen to me you who are so smug 
verse 10 in a short time just a little more than a year you careless ones will suddenly begin to care so what is what is god's problem with these guys one is that they are lying around in ease they are taking everything for granted they are not actively pursuing god's plan for their life second is that they are so smart they just have this feeling that i know better than somebody else that i pray better that i have read more bible that i have attended church longer you know some a, a feeling of pride and third is god god saying hey you guys are careless you are not stewarding what has been given to you properly you are not taking care of what has been entrusted into your hands he says this is why you will have to worry because in just a year everything all your 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 posture of relaxation will turn into a posture of worry why he says because your fruit crops will fail and the harvest that you were waiting for will never take place god is saying this is why it's because you've been expecting things to be given into your hand but you've been lying around in ease but you've been careless with what has been given to you and you've been so smug you've not been learning from other sources as to how to produce fruit and so in just a year you think that everything will just keep happening in seasons no it doesn't happen in seasons when calamity comes when your fruit crops begin to fail you will all of a sudden begin to care how many of us know that we take certain blessings for granted till we encounter some failures in those areas yeah we we take our children for granted till the time the children fall sick we take our work for granted till the time recession hits we 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 take our church for granted till covid comes and church shuts down there are so many things that we take for granted till the time the fruit crops fail failure is not a good teacher by the way it is better we learn from the lord than allow failure to teach us sometimes god allows failure to teach us you know here we see this scripture sometimes god allows pain to teach us sometimes god allows grief or sorrow to speak to us but intelligent christians they don't need failure to teach them they learn from the lord they learn from their mentors their leaders they learn from scripture they learn from other people's grief so that they don't have to go through the same grief and the same sorrow the bible says in the next verse 11 he says now tremble you women of ease throw off your complacency strip off your pretty clothes and put on burlap to show your grief everybody say grief grief I I've titled this morning's word as fruitfulness in grief. How to be fruitful when in grief? Because sometimes our posture brings us into a place of grief. Sometimes when we are, you know, living in ease, living in complacency, it automatically leads us into a land of grief. Sometimes when we are not careful, when we are not attentive, it it takes us into a land of grief. Now the natural question that you may have is pastor is all grief because i have been complacent is all my grief because i have been disobedient or because i have been careless or because i have been smug i wouldn't say so there are people in scripture that you would see that they went into a season of grief even though you know they didn't do something to deserve it 
I'll give you an example from scripture today. We'll read his entire story. It says, strip off your pretty clothes and put on burlap to show your grief. Verse 12, he says, beat your breasts in sorrow for your bountiful farms and your fruitful grapevines. The prophet is saying, hey, there is now need for sorrow to show how much your bountiful farms and your fruitful grapevines are going to fail in the season ahead. And he says, for your land will be overgrown with thorns and briars. Your joyful homes and happy towns will be gone. I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, why are you starting on this note? Are you trying to curse us? No, 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 I'm not trying to curse us. This is the Lord giving us a word today and he's just preparing us for it. He's telling us, what is it that brings the failures? What is it that brings the sorrow? What is it that brings the grief? What is it that brings the thorns and the briars? He says, the palace and the city will be deserted and busy towns will be empty. Wild donkeys will frolic and flocks will graze in the empty forts and watchtowers. So do you see how God is describing fruitlessness? God is saying, this is the cause and this is the effect. The effect is going to be that you will be in sorrow, you will have grief, you will have to change your clothes, you cannot be complacent anymore, you will have to be on guard all the time because the careless will begin to care all of a sudden and, and then the, the joy in your home and the fun in your town will be taken away and then every area that was very populated will now be deserted your busy towns will be empty the wild donkeys and uh, will frolic and flocks will graze in the empty forts and watchtowers because these these were places where the forts and the watchtowers were places where the the soldiers the army will always be guarding will be taking care of this place but now all of a sudden there is being used for animals to just graze in those places are you ready for the next scripture? Verse 15. Until at last the spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a fertile field. And the fertile field will yield bountiful crops. God is saying this is going to be the natural order. I'm not punishing you church. I'm not hurting you when I say that I'm going to allow your fruits to fail. What I'm trying to do is bring you to a revelation that you cannot be fruitful on your own. You cannot be fruitful in your own ability. Your fruitfulness in your own strength, in your own wisdom, in your own intellect, there is an expiry date to that fruit. And there is a moment when I will allow those fruits to fail and allow those grief to enter in so that you will be empty. You will be deserted. You will be all alone. You will be left with nothing else but to lean on my arm. But to lean on my ability. Until at last the spirit is poured out on us from on high. Until at last we enter into that place of intimacy. How many of you know that intimacy is necessary for fruitfulness? There can be no fruitfulness without intimacy. There can be no children born without a man and a woman becoming intimate, without two people becoming close. There cannot be productivity. Amen? And God is saying, 
yes you've been producing fruit yes you found a way to produce fruit without me but i'm going to allow those fruits to fail so that you can depend on me so that you can wait for my spirit to fall on you so i can help you produce fruit even in the midst of your grief even in the midst of your sorrow even in the midst of your pain i can help you to produce fruit somebody said an amen amen let me take you to the book of genesis chapter 30 and verse 1 when rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for jacob she became jealous of her sister she pleaded with jacob give me children or i'll die then jacob became furious with rachel what is his response am i god he asked he is the one who has kept you from having children do you see jacob's response he's not saying oh wait you know it is your fault or it is my fault usually when there is a lack of productivity we always find somebody to blame right we always find somebody to point fingers with if only he had stood with me in this season if only he had given me a little money if only they would have sent me to a better school or a better college i think that i would have been you know more productive more fruitful i would have been in another country by now we we have all of our calculations and we think that if only this would have happened then i would have been more blessed but this morning i've come to bring you this revelation that your ultimate source of fruitfulness is the lord himself people can't bless you beyond what god has blessed you people can't take away what god has ordained for you people can't steal they can delay but they can't steal what god has ordained for your life if god has not blessed you rachel how do you think i can bless you how do you think i can help you with this problem because it is not my issue it is the fact that god has not given us a child god has not given us a a baby so rachel all of a sudden she understood i'm praying to the wrong person i'm depending on the wrong person because till now she was complaining to jacob i hope that in this season we will stop complaining to jacob yeah I, you know you can identify what is your jacob if you want to see bearing fruit you will have to turn your attention from jacob to the lord as much as jacob's presence and participation is necessary for her to bear fruit it is not jacob who will give her fruit it is the lord who has to give her fruit and the bible says in verse 22 of the same chapter then everybody say then then, then god remembered rachel's plight and what and answered whose prayers not jacob's prayers not her father's prayers and then god answered her prayers by enabling her to have children wow check this out this is this is god speaking about a lady who prayed to jacob and then when jacob was not able to give her children when jacob said am i god am i the one who has stopped you from having children and when jacob redirected her back to god the bible says she began to pray she began to bring her plight before the lord and she began to bring her request she began to knock heaven because you remember what is the promise in isaiah until at last the spirit is poured out from heaven and then all of a sudden the wilderness will turn into a fertile land into a fruitful land and a fruitful land will turn into a forest amen 
the bible says that's what rachel did and we know the result of it verse 23 she became pregnant and gave birth to a son and she said god has removed my disgrace and she named him joseph for she said may the lord add yet another son to my family the word joseph means may the lord god add may the lord god add to me you remember she was going to jacob hoping that he will add something to her now all of a sudden she's like no 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 not 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 jacob may the lord god may he add into my life so that became her prophecy for the next season every time she would call joseph she is calling for multiplication she is calling for fruitfulness she is she is calling for increase she is calling for growth she 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 is saying i'm going to go to the next level and at the same time she is saying it is not going to come from jacob it is coming from god which means may the lord add another son may the lord add more to my family somebody say may the lord add may the lord add yeah may the lord sort out my life may the lord increase me may the lord multiply me may my blessing come from the lord we going to dwell on the story of joseph for this morning are you okay with that i know joseph is one of the most taught scripture stories in the bible and if any of you don't know joseph it is because you've been new to this church and you've never read your bible and and if you've or you've never attended sunday school uh, if, but i'll tell you the story of joseph this morning the reason i'm very intentional about reading the scriptures even though we are familiar with it is because there are there are these promises that are being spoken over joseph's life all the way from his birth he was known to be somebody who will multiply that god will add because of him wherever he goes god will add over there god will come god will come and fill in the gaps amen the bible says in genesis 37 verse 2 when joseph read with me was 17 years old he often tended his father's flocks and he worked for his half brothers but joseph also reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing i'm talking about fruitfulness what does he do it says he was working for his father he tended his father's flock that's the first thing that he did he served his father he the second thing that you see him doing is he served his brothers his half brothers so sometimes we can be so caught up in serving the father but not the brothers you're like no 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 i just want the father you know i just want you know i know where my inheritance comes from i know who has the power to give me a blessing so i just want him i don't want my brothers these guys they don't deserve my service but that's not what the scripture says about joseph here was a man who is going to reproduce who is going to cause addition wherever he goes the bible says he he was serving his father and his brothers and by the way his brothers didn't like him you know the story it's easy to work in an environment or to serve people that we love or that love us but look at this place where joseph is hated he's isolated he's not one of the team members you know he is the one who gets to know the what is happening in the house the last because you know they never tell him they never call him for their parties they never invite him for their special gatherings he is not included in their inside jokes 
And yet the Bible says Joseph, he served his brothers. He worked for his brothers. Now the problem is that he also, because he worked for his brothers, he also understood certain things that they were doing wrong. And the Bible says he reported those things back to his father. He brought those information to his father of all the bad things that his brothers were doing. Verse 3, Jacob, the father, he loved Joseph more than any of his other children. Why? It's not because he reported all the bad deeds of the brothers. It is not because he was, uh, you know, uh, like very special in terms of his uh, serving the father or serving the brother. None of those were the reasons why Jacob loved Joseph more. It says the reason why Jacob loved Joseph more was because Joseph had been born to Jacob in his old age. You know, in a time when he didn't expect fruit. In a time when he didn't expect results. In a time when he didn't expect prosperity or blessing. For Jacob, this fruitfulness was in a time of grief or in a time of emptiness. In a time when he was not expecting another blessing. So one day Jacob, he had a special gift made for Joseph. A beautiful robe, the Bible says. You know the story of this robe. Verse 4, but his brothers... They hated Joseph because of their father's love for him. Because the father, he loved Joseph more than the rest of them. And because of which, they couldn't say a kind word to Joseph. How do you know that you don't really like somebody? If you can't find a kind word to say to them. If you can't be nice to them when you're talking to them, you know that you don't like this person, eh? See, whatever is in the heart will automatically flow through your mouth, right? See, some of us are the other extreme. We try our best to hide what's in our heart and say good things with our mouth. Oh, brother, you're so good. But inside we have the complete different intention. But the Bible says it's because these, these guys, they felt unloved in this house. They really felt that Joseph was more loved. They kept comparing their love, the love that they received with the love that Joseph received. And that was the reason for their unkindness. We, we may think, what a jerk this guy is. We may think, oh my God, why is this person so sarcastic all the time? Why is this person so harsh or rude all the time? You don't know the rejection that they have experienced. You don't know the hurts that they have experienced. You don't know how many, how many abuses they have had to go through as a child or even now. And we may wonder, why is this guy not being kind to me? There is a deeper reason. Hurt people always hurt others. Broken people always break others. When you're rejected, you will make it a practice to start rejecting others. And that's what we see here in this story. Here is this 10 other brothers who've been like really uh, ignored in this house because now Joseph is the star. The, these guys, they've been serving in the house for decades. But all of a sudden, when Joseph comes, Jacob loves him the most. Jacob makes special coats for him. And Jacob is giving extra attention to this guy. And all of a sudden, they are feeling distant and rejected and, and separated from their father's love. And that is the reason the Bible says they couldn't find a kind word to say to Joseph. I don't know if you are the brothers or if you are Joseph. Either ways, 
We all need to have a revelation, a fresh revelation of how much God loves us. A fresh revelation of how much God cares for us. How much God is intentional to provide His grace and His, and His care, specific care and nourishment for our lives. What will heal us is not Jacob's love. What will heal us is the Father's love. What will help us is the Father's provision for our hearts. Verse 5, it says, One night, to add to all the problems, Joseph had a dream. And then the Bible says, And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. He, he's been already loved by his father, and that is causing him, uh, you know, trouble. Now, second, now God is beginning to speak to Joseph. God is beginning to give him dreams. There is special unction and favor over Joseph's life. When he is sleeping, he is beginning to hear and he is beginning to see dreams and revelations from the Lord. And that also automatically brought him hate. Don't ever think that just because God loves you, people will also love you. Especially when God loves you. I told you, some grief, you brought it on yourself. Some grief is because of a result of God's favor on your life. Some grief is because you're loved by your father. Some grief is because God's attention is on you. Some pain is because God wants to really extravagantly express his love for you. And that, that was Joseph's story. He says, verse 11, But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father, he kept wondering what the dreams really meant. So Joseph, he kept seeing dreams not just about his brothers, but even about his father. So the Bible says, the brothers, they kept becoming jealous. They kept becoming more hateful towards Joseph. But the father, he kept wondering about these dreams. He kept these dreams in his heart and kept speaking over Joseph and, and praying over Joseph. One day, verse 13, it says, now these dreams are going to get accelerated. Yeah, It says in Genesis chapter 37 and verse 13, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers, they are pasturing their sheep at Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. Read that next line with me. I am ready to go. Joseph said. So this was not just till the father blessed him. This was not only a fake service that he had till God would speak to him. Even after God started using him, even after his father blessed him, he continued to serve his brothers. He was always ready to go and help his brothers. Amen? The Bible says, we all know the story of what happened here. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. Why? Because he's wearing a coat of many colors. You can be recognized from a distance. May that be a blessing you receive today. You, you cannot be ignored. You're not somebody that the enemy can ignore. Because you carry fruitfulness, because you represent fruitfulness, because you're going to bear fruit, you're somebody that will be recognized from a distance. Your friends and your enemies alike will recognize you. Which is not a good thing. Because the enemies, they will have time to scheme and plan what to do when you come close. The Bible says, as he approached, they made plans to do what? To kill him. So what I'm trying to explain to you is that the more you love God, the more you're aligned to the plans and the purposes of God, 
the more you are being used by god and experiencing growth in love and favor the more you will become a target of the enemy the more some attacks will come upon you and that is why you and i we need to be vigilant in this season we need to understand who are the people that we need to have associations with and who are the people that we should run away from the next verse it says so when joseph arrived his brothers they ripped off his beautiful robe that he was wearing that's the first thing that they did they had plans to kill him but they didn't immediately jump off to killing him they really wanted to torture him first they tore that robe that represented the father's love for him that was the one thing that irritated the brothers so much how dare he be more loved how dare he be more favored see the enemy knows what are the things that is very valuable for you for some of you it may be your marriage for some of you it may be your ministry pastors i'm talking to you for some of you it may be that child that that you're raising up whatever is the most precious thing that you have that for you is like oh my god this is proof that god is on my side this is proof that god loves me this is the one good thing going on in my life and the bible says that's a very thing that the enemy pounced upon and ripped off just to break every confidence this guy has in his father's love for him now this is the thing you should understand that jacob's love for joseph did not decrease because the cloth got torn jacob still loved joseph as much what happens with so many of us is as soon as our robe is torn apart ripped apart from us we begin to question the love that the father has for us if the father had loved me would he even send me into this wilderness if the father had cared for me will he allow me to be in this situation if the father had loved me will he allow this job to be taken away from my hand we we would ask questions that will begin to question the the validity of god's love for us and that's what joseph did not do here so the enemy went into the next level it says in verse 24 then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern this cistern was empty and there was no water in it so the, so so joseph is coming from a far off distance and he is being thrown into a cistern where there is no water where he is not covered his robe is torn off he is he is put into a very dry place and a very lonely place where there is no help nobody coming to help him this is the guy that rachel named god will add to me that god will provide with this guy wherever this guy goes there will be addition and look at his circumstances what you see is not addition what you see is subtraction what you see is pain what you see is loneliness what you see is grief what you see is people hating him what you see is people wanting to hurt him all the more nechwesh it says when the ishmaelites who were midianite traders came by joseph's brothers they pulled him out of the cistern and they sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver do you know there was a conversation just before this judah is the one who introduced this conversation he said hey if we kill him we do we can't make profit out of him what's the point what's the benefit of killing him we, what how much money will we get out of killing this guy but if we sell him that will be more profitable for us you know if if you would have given joseph the the opportunity and if you would have asked him what do you prefer bro you know do you prefer to die or do you want to be sold 
he would have said i let me just just end my life here i don't want to be sold in no way would he have preferred to live the rest of his life as a slave to the egyptians you know as compared to living a free person in his father's house he would have never preferred going as a slave but these guys they are saying how can we make joseph hurt more how can we make more money out of this how can we profit from his life how can we use him or how can we abuse him how can we really benefit and take advantage of his life how can how can i go an extra mile yes we have already taken off that love that his father has for him yes we have put him into a very lonely hurtful place but now what can we do to make more money of him and that's why they sold him off to the egyptian traders and uh, that's where joseph's story begins amen when joseph is thinking this is the end the rest of my life i'm going to be a slave i'll never get to be a son again i will never get to be loved again i will never get to be uh, you know uh, the father's favorite that is where god begins to work see some of us we we may think that god has to work in my comfort zone where i i have to be blessed where i like it but sometimes fruitfulness happens outside your comfort zones sometimes you it requires for you to leave your father's comfortable hands and be sown into a dirty ground so that you can bear fruit as long as you are protected as long as you are covered as long as you are in the pocket you are not soiled you are not dirty sometimes fruitfulness will not happen some some of us we are thinking oh my god i will i will i will go to church every sunday and make sure to evangelize people how many of you know the people who generally come to church are already evangelized if you want to evangelize you'll have to go into the world and here we are thinking okay i i don't want to leave my comfort zone hormaogra is the comfort zone in bangalore by the way for those of you who don't know it's the most happening place and the most comfortable place if you're looking for a house come to hormaogra yeah. <laughs> we all want to live close to hormaogra you know by the way hormaogra has is is the most churched <laughs> there are so many churches there you throw a stone at somebody you either either hit a church or a christian you know that's it's how many christians there are in hormaogra we all want to stay in hormaogra and we are hoping that bangalore will be saved <laughs> no that doesn't work <laughs> that's not how it works some of us we have to get out of our comfort zones go pick a house go pick an environment where there is no fruit where there is no fruitfulness where it is isolated where there is nobody who 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 knows jesus where you know there are places in bangalore even today where you cannot rent a house if you're a non vegetarian there are places where there are still no active bible believing churches in our city If you want to know those places come and talk to me i'll help you move there come here whenever you want to eat food and and you know when once in a while come on this side of the city and eat good food and go back there and plant a church there if you really want to be fruitful you have to step out into uncomfortable zones and that's what joseph was okay with doing the bible says in verse 36 meanwhile the midianite traders they arrived in egypt where they sold joseph to potiphar an officer of pharaoh the king of egypt 
Genesis chapter 39 verse 2. Are you ready for this? It says the Lord, he was with Joseph. And so he succeeded in everything that he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Now his identity is compromised right now because he is known as a slave. But the Lord was with him in that slavery. Now there are so many things that he has to complain about. That his father is not in touch with him. That his brother sold him out. That is hurt physically, spiritually, emotionally. He's away from his comfort zone. But the Bible says the Lord was still with him. And all that you need for fruitfulness is the fact that God is with you. You don't need anybody else to assure you of their protection and provision and, and, and their presence. All that you need is the Lord on your side and you will be fruitful. You remember in Isaiah chapter 32, what did we read? God allowed these people to fail and come to a place until where they are deserted, where they are empty, where they are alone, until at last the spirit of God will be poured out from high and all of a sudden they will begin to bear fruit. All of a sudden they will begin to multiply. Amen? And this was what happened in Joseph's life. He had to be stripped off of every comfort zone and finally reach a place where he's all by himself and suddenly the Bible says he begin to, begins to succeed in everything that he did. Before this, you don't see success in his life. You see God using him. You see God is speaking to him. You see his, his father loves him. But you don't see success. See, even in his father's house, he was tending the sheep, right? But anywhere does it say, say that because Joseph was tending the sheep, the sheep began to multiply. Because Joseph was serving the brothers, the brothers had breakthrough. Anywhere, anything that it says, no. But all of a sudden it says that here in Potiphar's house, he began to see fruitfulness. He began to see breakthroughs. He began to see increase. All of you guys who are praying for fruitfulness, it's, it may be because you're, you're clinging too much to your father's house. You're clinging too much to your comfort zones. And in this season, the Lord is slowly pushing some of us out of our nests. And say, okay, now go and talk to people you're not comfortable with. Go and invest into companies that you don't even know anything about. Go and put your, put your hand, your feet into things that you, you're, you're thinking, oh God, God, I'll never marry somebody like this. And God is saying, ah, why don't you go talk to him? Why don't you invest a little bit into this relationship? And then you wait and watch how I will give you fruitfulness. You're too much... In your comfort zone saying, I want things to be done my way. I want things to be said my way. I, I want this person to treat me like this. Only then I will respond like this. God is saying, will you step out of your comfort zone? I mean, very easy for me to say step out of your comfort zone. Here, Joseph, he was in chains. He was a slave. How I many of you know slaves don't get the insurance package by the HR department? You know, they, they have no protection. They have, they have no rights. They, they belong to their owners completely. Whatever the owners want to do, they can do with this guy. But the Bible says, the Lord was with Joseph. And as the Lord was with Joseph, he began to succeed in everything that he did. From here on, whenever you see something that Joseph did and it prospered and it blessed him, 
and it, and it bless the people around him i want you to scream i receive because i want this to become our life see we are not the ones who are praying for blessing we are the ones who are saying god use me as a catalyst for fruitfulness and wherever i go there has to be fruitfulness wherever i put my hand into there will have to be increase wherever i speak a word there will have to be results wherever i step into those grounds will have to break open where whichever company i invest into those companies will now have to be elevated those companies will have to make better profit have to make better results in the mighty name of jesus ha huh. are you ready to scream i receive read the next verse with me potiphar noticed this and realized that the lord was with joseph giving him success in everything that he somebody scream i receive not only did joseph realize this now potiphar realized it not only did joseph understand the favor upon his life now his employers or his enslavers the ones who control his life who have total dominion over his life they are saying man the lord is with him anything that i entrust into this guy's hand it is becoming so successful and this is an unbeliever see i can understand if a prophet says the lord is with you brother i can see uh, you know he has he's walking in great discernment no so he's saying okay the lord is with you everything you do will be successful this is not a prophet this is a a demon possessed guy technically speaking uh, who is saying man the god is with this guy i need to give him more stuff i need to entrust more stuff into this guy's hands let's read on it says in verse 4 this pleased potiphar what did he do so he promoted joseph as his personal attendant he put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned somebody say i receive it says the fruitfulness on joseph's life was so much that it pleased potiphar it brought him great joy see it it never talks about if joseph really enjoyed this because joseph's heart was not in this place joseph's heart was in his father's house Joseph knew where his blessing comes from. Joseph knew where his anointing is from, where his sources. Joseph is not the one who is pleased here, but Potiphar is very pleased that he has a Joseph. And now because he is pleased with Joseph, he is elevating Joseph. He is promoting Joseph. He is taking him to the next level. He is saying, "Now you are my personal attendant. Everything in this entire household, everything that I own, everything that I have, it will be in your control." unless you say i will not move things to the left or to the right you you have complete access in this house it says from the day that joseph was put in charge this is a testimony about him okay it says from the day that joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property the lord began to bless potiphar's household for somebody said for joseph's sake God began to bless not just Potiphar but his household. Do you know how big a household is? 
Potiphar was the head. It's like almost like a, a small startup company there. You know, it says everybody in his household was being blessed because of Joseph. Because of what Joseph uh, was doing for Potiphar. Now Potiphar, he made Joseph as his personal attendant or his PA or his uh, assistant. You know, he was just attending personally to Potiphar and, you know, giving him directions as to where to invest, what to do, what not to do. But because of Joseph's involvement in that place, the entire household began to experience fruitfulness. Everybody, you know, they didn't have to believe what Joseph believed. They didn't have to attend the same church Joseph attended. They didn't have to repent of their sins, nothing. They just had to be aligned to Joseph. And because of their alignment, they began to prosper. Hey, I'm not talking about your prosperity. I'm talking about some painful situations God will allow in your life. Because God has something better, something beautiful in store. Yes, you will become a channel, a catalyst for others' fruitfulness. Before you will begin to see fruitfulness in your own life. Before you will begin to see fruitfulness in your own season of grief. See, Joseph is still in grief. You may think that Joseph is happy. Joseph is not happy. I'll show you that later. Joseph is not happy. He doesn't see this as a place of happiness. He is in grief. He is in mourning. He is in sadness all through this time. In spite of the fact that God is blessing Potiphar. It says in verse 5, All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. I receive. Yeah. Because of, I, I, I don't know where you work, what you do, but let me tell you this. Things will function smoothly. Amen. Things will flourish. Because you're working there. Because you're working there. I serve the God of Joseph. And I believe that you serve the God of Joseph too. If you are a Joseph in your workplace, you have to have this grace for smooth functioning. You don't have to like them. <laughs> you don't have to love them. You don't have to say this is the best company. By the way, Potiphar was not the best boss. Nor his wife. But still... The favor of God worked for him there. Why? Because of Joseph's presence there. So don't, don't keep hating on your boss. Because the more your boss is blessed, the more you will be blessed. Yeah. It says everything in the household worked smoothly. And the livestock, the, the stocks, you know, I, I'll just remove life. The stock flourished. <laughs> you guys didn't understand. It's just, you guys don't know what stocks are. <laughs> Or, or their mutual funds or fixed deposits or whatever it is. Their properties, wherever they invested, it flourished. Because of Joseph's sake, God began to bless them. So child of God, please don't be discouraged by your grief. Please don't be discouraged by your trials. Because you have no idea what God is setting up for you. Next verse, all the young people will read this. It's cited with me. Verse 6, it says, Joseph... He was a very handsome and a well-built young man. He was gymming regularly. He was eating the right thing. He, he, he knew how to, you know, cut out on the unwanted food. And he was well-built, the Bible says. Yeah? But the problem is, <laughs> with all the handsomeness, with all the anointing you carry, 
you'll attract the wrong things, right? You'll attract the wrong people. And that's what it says. Verse 7, it says, And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her. My master, he trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. And he says, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against Potiphar. It would be a great sin against my father Jacob. No, 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 I have a girlfriend. It'll be a great sin against my girlfriend. No, what does he say? It'll be a great sin against God. So that is a place, that is the boundary that we have to draw around our fruitfulness. Yes, I don't mind serving a Potiphar, but where I will draw a boundary around is when it becomes unethical, when it becomes illegitimate, when it becomes something that is sinful in nature, I will draw my boundaries. I, I love Potiphar's house, I don't mind serving here, but when it becomes compromising to my integrity, I will, I will say no to it. And the Bible says this lady, she kept doing this day after day after day. It was not one day. It was not one weak moment. The lady would keep coming after him again and again and again and again. One fine day, she pounced upon him, basically assaulted him and hurt him. Tried her best to overpower Joseph because he was a young guy. But, you know, Joseph, he left everything and he ran from that place. And then she cooked up a story about Joseph saying Joseph is the one who tried to assault her. When her husband came back home, the Bible says in verse 19, Potiphar, he was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. How many of you know that nobody knew the real story? Nobody knew what happened behind the scenes. Only Joseph knew. Everybody else believed Potiphar's wife. So the whole you know, house of Potiphar now believes that Joseph, he is an evil guy. That he is, a, he is somebody who wants to assault us, hurt us, you know, take advantage of his master. That is how everybody is seeing him. Only Joseph knows what he has done, what he has said, how he has conducted himself. Now there is a story being spoken about Joseph in a place where he was being used by God to bless that place. Now can you imagine... You are sent by God into a house and you're doing everything possible to bless that place, to provide for that place, do all of that. And then something happens, a misunderstanding happens or a rumor comes up or a, or a story develops and you lose everything. All the years of hard work, your PF you will not get anymore. You know, you, you'll not get your leaves anymore. You, you've... You've lost all that years of investing into that work or that business or that marriage or whatever it is because of one wrong story that is being developed. You should understand, you are going to be a victim of wrong stories. Don't be discouraged, child of God. If you want to bear fruit, if you want to be a catalyst for fruitfulness in other people's lives, if you want God to see, uh, God to multiply you and add things into your life because of your life, then you cannot be discouraged when stories are being propagated about you. It's okay. You, you, you trust in the Lord who will vindicate you. 
Joseph didn't appeal to a higher court saying, ah, these guys are liars because he didn't have any rights. He didn't have any rights to appeal. The Bible says in verse 20, so Potiphar, he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained. But are you ready for the good news? Verse 21, it says, but the Lord who was with Joseph in Potiphar's house, he was with Joseph even in the prison and he showed his faithful love and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. <laughs> yeah. May you become a favorite even in the prison. May you become a favorite even in your failures. May you become a favorite. May you receive the faithful love of God even in the prison. Even in the prison. Even when your hands are tied down. Even when your freedom is limited. Even in your seasons when you can't do what you really want to do. Even when, you know, you, you know this is the right thing to do, but, you know, your hands are tied. You know, you're being forced into a lifestyle that is not you know, something that you want to do. And in that season, you will receive favor. In that season, you will be the reason for more people to receive blessings and favor from the Lord. Let's read on. It says, before long, the warden put Joseph in charge. <laughs> there is a grace that Joseph has to automatically become the in charge, wherever he goes. You know, this is what happens when you are a catalyst for somebody else's blessing. You'll automatically be given charge. You'll automatically be trusted. You'll automatically be empowered. These people, they may not like you, but they will begin to empower you because of the benefit they get out of having you in that place of charge. So even in the palace, even in the prison guard, it says the, the warden, he put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. So now Joseph is managing when, what is the food times? What is the food rations? Everything in the prison. Joseph is the one managing. He's the one judging between prisoners. He's saying, hey guys, don't fight each other. And he's the one maintaining peace in the prison. You know that prison, managing a prison is not like managing a church. And, and here, Joseph is, he's running the show in the prison. He's appointed as the lead pastor in the prison. And he's managing the affairs in the prison. It says, the next line. You ready for this? It says, the warden had no, no more worries. See, when, when you're entrusted with a prison, you're entrusted with a pack of worries. But as soon as Joseph came into the picture... The warden had no more worries. I don't know how many of you were listening to last week's podcast on problem solving. May you become a problem solver. May you become the person to remove worries from your environment. Wherever you go, you will, you will remove, you will, you will eradicate worries. Because of the grace of God to multiply that you carry. It says because Joseph now who took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Ah. Yes, in Jesus' name. You, you cannot be a reason for people to be more worried. You have to be a reason for them to be less worried. As soon as you walk in, they have to be saying, Oh, now I can sleep in peace. Now, now I can leave my door open. 
now i can leave my lockers unlocked because he is in my room i trust him i have no more worries because the lord was with him and he caused everything he did to succeed while they were in prison pharaoh's cupbearer and baker had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning when joseph saw them in the morning he noticed that they both looked upset you know what is joseph's qualification what is his job description the guy who removes worries yeah so not just for the warden but even for the prisoners if they have any worries therapist <laughs> joseph was the therapist in the in the prison and it says he noticed and he said why do you look so worried today what is it that worries you what is your worry i've been handling the warden's worry i i will help you handle your worry too i'm not obligated to but i'm going to help you okay see look at joseph he he is technically still in grief still in mourning still in pain but he is worried about other people's worries how many of you know that when when we are in a bad mood we we forget about everything else eh we we don't want to serve that weekend we don't want to serve in church that weekend we don't want to talk to anybody we don't want to go to anybody's house you know i know you have a problem you take care of your own problem i have my own problem this guy is living in that problem day after day ages because when these guys problems got sorted do you know what is the first thing joseph told them please remember me i am still in pain please get me out of here you know i i need some help here he was still in grief when he actually served these two guys and the bible says he asked them why do you look so worried and they replied we both have dreams last night but no one can tell us what they mean now joseph's reply it's amazing he says interpreting dreams is <laughs> so now go ahead and tell me your dreams do you understand what he's saying he's saying i handle god's business here interpreting dreams is god's business but come on tell me the dreams i am the steward of a move of god in my prison i am the steward of god's grace in the desert yes only god can bring rain but come on i'm going to pray right now and the rain is going to come elijah went to tell tell ahab hey you know what unless i speak not unless god speaks unless i speak there will be no rain nor dew three and a half years later he went to the same king and he said okay prepare your chariot and start running because rain is coming <laughs> and there was no rain coming because this was a guy who knew he is doing god's business and he is the steward he is the he is the man in charge of god's business here on earth he was confident he's like yeah i can't do this but i know who i represent here i know what i carry i know what i br- bring into this situation i know the lord is with me and because i carry i steward god's business i am going to help you and we all know the story how that dreams the interpretations they turned out to be the the facts and one guy got killed another guy got promoted verse 23 says pharaoh's chief cupbearer however forgot all about joseph never giving him another thought forget about 
a guilt feeling that you know nothing not even a thought after that it's okay if people forget you yeah because if joseph was remembered at this point he would have gotten free and gone back to his father's house it was too early for joseph to be free he was he was not ready for this freedom yet because there is a greater level of slavery he is about to enter into is going from one level of slavery to another level to a third level all three levels were slavery you understand even when he was working for pharaoh he was still a slave he was still under pharaoh's leadership he didn't own his own business he was a second in line always so he was he was being promoted from potiphar's house to prison and from the prison to the palace his his time for freedom had not yet come it says in the next line one day pharaoh sent for joseph at once and he was quickly brought from the prison after he shaved and changed his clothes he went in and stood before pharaoh this is the third level of his of his slavery yeah now he's standing before pharaoh then pharaoh said to him i had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means but i've heard that when you hear about a dream you can interpret it can i bless you right now yes. may stories good stories about you also be spread yes. in the king's palace yes. in the ceo's office yes. in, in, in the principal's office may there be good reports and testimonies about you it is beyond my power to do this joseph said but god can tell you what it means and set you at ease so joseph is saying this is what i cannot do in my ability i know fruitfulness it comes from god but now god is about to help you and also set you at ease see god is not just going to reveal to you the problem god is also going to give you a solution to the problem so that you can be at ease that's what joseph says so joseph did not just interpret the dream for him joseph also gave him the solution joseph said okay now you have to set up a nice guy in a very special post and give him authority to collect everything for the next 7 years and and prepare for the famine he gives him the solution and says so pharaoh asked his officials in verse 38 genesis 41 38 can we find anyone else like this man who is so obviously filled with the spirit of god do you see the testimony continuing the same testimony potiphar had the same testimony that the prison warden had is the same testimony that pharaoh has this guy is filled with the spirit of god wow so pharaoh said to joseph i hereby <laughs> what is the word there put you where in charge in charge in charge in potiphar's house in charge in the prison and in charge over the entire land of egypt hallelujah <laughs> then pharaoh blessed joseph with a new name it's an egyptian name which means god lives and he speaks <laughs> do you see pharaoh's testimony about joseph he's saying yeah 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 i know god will multiply god will add but now i have another testimony to add to you that you are somebody through whom god lives and speaks 
You are somebody through whom I can encounter God. Anybody who is a catalyst for fruitfulness will become a host for God's presence. Will begin to become a channel of God's encounters for the people around us. That's why they say, you are Zafanat Pana. Which means you are somebody through whom God lives and speaks. And then he also gave him a wife whose name was Asanat. It says, during this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife Asenat, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me to forget all my troubles and everyone. So what is the first thing that God did for him? God helped him to forget his troubles from his father's house. The brothers, the hate, the pain. Not only did he forget the troubles, but he also got disconnected from his father's house. No longer was he trying to run back to the father's house. You know, all this while in the prison, he was hoping to get out so he can go back to his father's house. But at this point, he grew to a place, he grew to an extent where God and loved him to surpass the blessing that was there on his father's house. And now he is going to be the one to be providing for his father and his brothers and his entire physical family. So the Bible says he had to come to a place where he would forget all the pain, all the hurt, all the, you know, backbiting, all the stories, all the rumors from back in Canaan. He had to come to a place where he forgets all of them. To forget, he also would have had to forgive these guys. You know, if you don't forgive something, you can't forget that. If you don't forgive these guys, these, that will keep haunting you. They'll keep hurting you. So if there's something that keeps on keep coming back to you again and again, your memory, a thought, it's, it's probably because you've not forgiven. Or because there is a next level of forgiveness that is necessary from your end. It says, I had to forget. That's why he named his son Manasseh. He knew that naming sons or children were all prophetic. He, he got named as a fruitful guy. And all his life he saw fruitfulness. He became a catalyst for fruitfulness wherever he went. And now he's saying, okay, this is my season. Now I'm, I'm entering into a season of forgiving people. I'm letting go of the people that have hurt me. I'm, I'm no longer going to be living in unforgiveness. Do you want to know the next name? Yes, it says in verse 52. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, ah. What did he say? He says, God has made me fruitful in this land of, of my grief. Egypt was not a land of his pleasure. It was not a dream land for him. You know, Egypt was not a fun place for him. Egypt was a land of his grief. But he says, now I know I'm going to call this next son Ephraim because God has made me fruitful in my grief, in the midst of my pain. I didn't deserve any of this, but in the midst of this, the Lord has made me fruitful. May your Ephraim manifest for you this season. May your grief not be able to overtake your fruitfulness. But may your fruitfulness be able to overtake your grief. 
want you to surrender your 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 prayers your petitions whatever you are complaining to jacob today i want you to surrender it before the lord today and i want you to begin to make this declaration by faith god is making me fruitful in the land of my grief alama shekhede in the midst of my pain i am going to be fruitful in the midst of my sorrow i am going to be fruitful thank you for joining us this day to worship and to hear the voice of our lord and savior jesus christ may you continue to flourish in all your endeavors as you walk closely with him have a great week and shalom